The Supreme Court is overturning Roe versus Wade. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time around here, go ahead and stop right now. Go find one of our not for me's or not. Find something else and listen to that one first. That's fair. Is that fair? That's fair. That's We're fair just, to say. We just stopped the music. We're just going to stop right there. Listen, just a couple of notes. Yes. If you're going to go ahead and stay with us and this is your first time. We are going to tick you off. We are going to tick you off. Probably. Yeah. We're probably not going to get you saved. Probably not today. But if either of those things happen, we want to know about yeah, it. Yeah, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians. Uh, by the way, it is a podcast by Christians mm-hmm. for Christians. Yes. You don't have to believe to belong. No. You also don't have to find something to get upset about. No. So, uh, you also don't have to agree with us that's, on everything. That's fair. Hey, listen, Seth and I don't agree on everything. This is, this is going to probably become evident throughout <laughs> this it, we we just don't. Stuff. We don't agree on we don't. everything. We have we, we have differing opinions. And I think that we're still friends. We are. I still I still like you. I like you too. For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> so most so, of the time. So uh, this is going to be a difficult 75% challenge. Percent of the time. Listen, you saw you saw the title of the of the episode. Yeah. We're already here. You, you've had ninety seconds to change your mind. Yeah. Um, this is probably not the one that you want to listen to with kids in the car because we're just going to kind of discuss some things. Uh, it's going to be all of the trigger warnings. Here they are. Yeah. Okay. Andrea, how's your heart? You know, honestly, um, my, my heart is pretty good. Okay. It's been a busy week yeah. for me at work. Um, last weekend, this week, we're, we're both really overwhelming. Um, you know, I, it's a, still a new job. I've been there for three months. Yeah. No, you're still so baby new. I'm still baby new. And uh, it, it's been a lot. But, yeah. you know, that's okay. Yeah. And we're getting through it. It's an it's a it's Mother's Day. It is. Hey, happy Mother's Day to all the moms! Wow, Wow. wow, are we doing this episode? (laughs) We just realized it just dawned on both of us that today is Mother's Day. Yeah, you know that's not a bad thing. No, it's it's not. not. The topic that we're going to be talking about today is uh, we we know and we are we recognize and we are acknowledging it's going to be heavier than our usual fare. Correct. This is not a uh, uh, bracket, no, or a uh, cage match between yeah. uh, Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman. No, nope. uh, cage match of the mullets. It's that, not. This is heavier. It's not a silly Christian movie. No, it's not a utterly stupid <laughs> Christian movie either. This is heavy, and yeah. we know that. And yeah. we want. I just want to say, I won't speak for Seth. Although I think you would agree, I want to treat this with care and yeah. compassion and um, grace and mercy and all of those things. Uh, I want to treat this topic carefully. And here I'm going to say this too: I don't have all the answers. No. Oh, yeah. Listen, one of the things whenever we discussed Coda, we were like, we don't know what to say. We don't know the right words. Please give things. us grace to be wrong because mm-hmm. we're definitely going to be wrong. And you guys gave us that grace. Some people yes. even reached out. I was like, this is kind of what mm-hmm. these people in the deaf community think. They like these terminologies. Um, and so, you know, there's going to be things that we get wrong. There's going to be things that we say wrong. There's going to be uh, things that you're definitely going to disagree with us on because this is a complex and nuanced subject. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about abortion, it's it's not just 
just cut and dry. It, no, it, really, it really, really is isn't. not. Um, it's, I know everybody wants everything to be either black or white. Mm-hmm. And um, most things in life just simply aren't. Correct. And that is the first thing that I've said that has got already gotten people upset because <laughs> everybody thinks that this is a black and white issue yes. and it's simply not. And I want to talk, I want to give space for the nuance um, while still being able to, to make a stand on, on a couple mm-hmm. of things. And so I, I'm normally the silly fun jokester guy. We're probably going to do some sort of, you know, inappropriate joke that I'll have to edit out later. I guarantee there'll be at least one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, because I do know my friend (laughs) and my podcast co-host. This this is true. But, um, but anyway, but understanding that, uh, that I've, I've tried to take out some of the inappropriate things already, uh, future (laughs) Seth, thank you for that. Um, we do want to address it and also understand we are recording, um, a couple of days before Sunday, Mm -hmm. things could have changed uh, along the way, but the fact that it's hit the way that it has, um, it's, it's just kind of become everywhere. It's definitely hitting Christian culture in general. And so we, we want to talk about it. So Andre, what happened this week? So, uh, on Monday of this week, uh, which would have been May 2nd, mm-hmm. 2022. Um, just throwing the date out there so we all know we're on the same page. Uh, there was a document published by Politico, which was a draft mm-hmm. from a, it was a leaked document, a draft from the Supreme Court. Um, uh, it, it was an opinion from the Supreme Court that would overturn the 1973 Roe versus Wade ruling, yes. which allowed abortion. To become legal, yeah, throughout the United throughout States. the United yeah. States. So that that's what it was. So a couple of things that I want to point out here. Number one, this is a leaked document. Correct. This was not a an official document that was released uh, with um, permission or anything like that. This right. was a leaked document. This was a draft. So yes. we don't even know that this is a final. Correct. So this is probably a document that was released uh, leaked. Um, in order to be a maneuver to try to get support uh, either for yeah. overturning it or against it. Honestly, I'm not really sure who did it or what they were going for. Yeah. It could have gone either way. Sure. It, it's it, political maneuvering aside. Um, that doesn't matter to me. Can I, can I just say like, that doesn't matter to me. I think that um, the what about ism in our culture just mm-hmm. needs to just needs to go away where it's like, well, why was it leaked in the first place? Like, that's not what we're here to talk about. Right. We're not here to talk no, about. And that's why. not what I was talking about. No. I'm just trying to get all yeah, the facts. Sure. Out there. But, but also it's something that I wanted to talk about is mm-hmm. the fact that all of a sudden it's become a big idea, big, big deal. Of like, well, who leaked it? What, what agenda do they have? Forget about their agenda. Can we talk about the issue at hand? Yeah. Stop let's, trying to distract. Let's talk about the fact that this issue has been in the Supreme court in front of them numerous times yes. since 1973. Correct. This is not, this is not a new issue at hand. This is something that has been talked about in multiple places, multiple times in lots of ways over the last 40 years. Yeah. Um, and here's uh, 50, it's close to 50 years at this point because it was 73. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm 40. So it's more than that. And I'm Um, not, I'm less than 40. Correct. Yeah. Barely. But, um, (laughs) So enough. I think that even on this show, mm-hmm. I've I've said, and I listen, 
I'm not going to go back and find it. It's like 120 some odd episodes at this point. But I think I've even said like, that's a thing. That's a thing that will never get overturned. Mm-hmm. Like Roe is never, it's been held up too many times in the Supreme court. Yeah. Um, gay marriage, that bell's already been rung. It's never going to get, and now all of a sudden, wow, hold on. Yeah. Maybe not. I think it's important to also understand that this is, um, this is a population minority led situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the majority of America supports abortion mm. and that's, that says something about our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the majority does support it. Now does that, that doesn't make it right. The majority isn't, isn't right in this one. Okay. Right. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, but we, I think it is important to understand that the justices that are sitting on the Supreme court were um, nominate the, the the conservative justices specifically were nominated and put in the Supreme Court by presidents who lost the popular vote in elections. Mm-hmm. Um, they were confirmed by senators and um, and representatives that also represent a minority of America. This is the way the legal system works in. And it's the way the executive branch works, and it's the way that the uh, the judicial branch works in this country. That's just this is just the way that it is. I think that it's un- important to understand that so that we can understand from a Christian worldview, we are going against the majority. Right. If if you are saying yay to overturning Roe v. Wade, you're going against the majority, and so it is an absolute battleground that you're feeling because it's a battle. Mm-hmm. Because the majority is against us. Yeah. It, it just is. And by the way, I'm including us in this because when I say us, I mean me on my side. I'm not going to speak for you. Um, I am against abortion. Yes. I am I am a pro-life advocate. Now, I think that that is a gray statement, and I don't think it can be black and white. I agree. And I think that a lot of times um, people who claim to be pro-life mm-hmm. they don't take it quite far enough correct would be would be my opinion and um this Let, is let's just say everything that we're going to say today is our thoughts and opinions absolutely so we're going to make definitive statements that you can absolutely agree with understand that there are thought, our they thoughts are and opinions. our thoughts and opinions yeah. um so this is a perfect example i've said this before on the show when we've talked about political stuff i am uh, i honestly don't identify with Republican or Democrat fully. Either way, I am too liberal for most conservatives and too conservative for most liberals. And this issue is a perfect example of that. And the truth is I'm fine with being in that kind of middle area politically. You're going to get hit by cars in both ways when you stand in the middle of the street. You just are. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to piss people off and I, I don't mind that. Um, I believe what I believe for a reason. And they, they are my convictions. Um, I believe that they uh, stand with the word of God and that's, what's important to me. And so uh, in this case, when I say that most people are not pro-life, they don't take their pro-life statement far enough. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is I am pro-life from the womb to the grave. That's right. I, I don't just mean get the baby born. I mean, I am pro-life from the womb to the grave. Yes. And from, and (laughs) can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you pro white lives? 
Yes. Are you pro black lives? Yes. Are you pro Hispanic lives? I am. Are you pro Asian lives? I am. Are you, okay. Are you you're yes. pro life? I'm pro life. It, but it's, all of all yes. of it. So when you say unborn lives matter, mm-hmm. also you need to say black lives matter. All of them do. You need to say white lives matter. You need to say that life matters. Yes, and there are times life. that the statement that black lives matter is the statement that needs to be said yes. because in a certain moment in time, it is black lives that are being at risk at risk yeah, that correct. are being destroyed. Yeah. And sometimes it's Asian lives and yeah. sometimes it's, and sometimes it's all of them. Yeah. But right now we are making a statement that unborn lives matter, Yes, but they matter after they're born too. That it is doesn't correct. stop. Yes. And here's my problem. This is this is where I've had such a challenge is that as a believer I know that God says in his word to take care of the widows and the orphans and when we say it is a sin to abort babies I will also say it is just as much of a sin to neglect the orphan mm-hmm. and and so if you're saying against you against a mother's will she must have this child mm-hmm. because it is a sin to kill that child i agree but now the church needs to step up and help yeah. that mom because her life matters too yes that baby's life matters too church churches in america have stopped running orphanages mm-hmm. They've, they've stopped. We need to take care of the orphans. We need to be willing to step up and say, okay, I don't want to see babies being aborted, so I am willing to adopt those babies. Yes. Adopt, it, the church needs to step up in their role of adoption. I agree. Um, you, you can't just say, you, you can't just get the baby born and then stop. Yeah. We need to come alongside these mothers yes. and fathers and say, if you are willing to keep the baby... I am willing to help you. Yes. If you're not, if you if you don't want to raise the child, then I'm willing to help you find someone who is or be that person who is. That's correct. And that's what the church is not doing. Now, I will say there has been a, a turning of the tide, I would say, in in recent years. It's it's kind of been happening. Um, I'm seeing it more in I would the last five to seven, five to eight years. Um where, you know, and I, I, I'm just looking at Facebook, I'm looking at my friends, my peers, yeah. where that it, it is stepping up. It is. I am yep. seeing so many of my friends and former um, uh, student, people that I went to college with, things like that, that are opening their doors to fostering, to adopting. Yes. Uh, we have programs like Embrace Grace, Embrace Life, things like that. Um, and Human Coalition, these are just, these are all... Uh, organizations that are coming alongside yeah. mothers and fathers. And I think that's an important thing that we want to say, uh, come alongside the mother. But if the father wants to be in the, is willing to be in the picture, come alongside him. Yeah, it It is proven that a father in the household makes a difference. It, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Well, and here, okay. So a couple other things is that like, Pro-life also needs to extend to healthcare. <clears throat> Absolutely. Like if we're going to stand up and say, we're, we're not going to allow you to have an abortion, um, then we need to make sure that the mom has the healthcare to be able to provide for that so that they don't 
go bankrupt mm-hmm. uh, doing that. Uh, it also needs to extend healthcare throughout life. Let's just say like pro-life yes. means like if, if I'm sick, I should be able to go see the doctor without mm-hmm. being scared of a bill that I'm going to get. Yeah. So to say that you're pro-life means that you're pro-universal healthcare. And I hate to say it. There, there was this, there was this guy a long time ago that um, he was a Middle Eastern dude and he would walk around and give everybody free healthcare. And then uh, all of his followers said, let's sell everything we own and we'll put it all in one big pot and we'll just take as, as we need. And he was the leader of the first ever socialist movement. Uh, this guy is my savior, Jesus. This is how it, <laughs> this is how this worked. Okay. So let, we don't have to live in that full society, but we need to understand that we also need to give people quality of life at the end of their life. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to say pro-life, then we also need to make sure that retirement communities and nursing homes and those things that that people need to end their life well mm-hmm. is taken care of, that life should be something that's that's respected from, from beginning to end. Now, I'm not saying that we need to have abortions so that we don't have to do those other things. Right. I'm saying we need to step it up across the board as the body of Christ. We need to be the ones who set the example. Historically, the church has been the one in the front line going and ministering to the the the, the ones that were sick, the ones that were hurting, the ones that were needy. They were the ones going out in, in the plague and going out and ministering to people and touching people and healing, helping to heal people with mm-hmm. medicine. They're, they're the ones who opened up the orphanages. They're the ones who did these things. And we've fallen apart as the as the church, especially the church in America. We've become a country club for cookie credit Christians. And that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be a hospital for hurting humanity. Yeah. And so if we're not going to do that, then we're off mission as the body of Christ. Yeah. Take a breath. Sorry. <laughs> I'm passionate about this. I, I absolutely and, and, and I agree with everything you said. It's something that like it, and it's, it's a difficult thing for us to talk about mm-hmm. because it still sounds like it's a gr- black and white area because we haven't addressed the grays. And so can we, can we address some of the grays? Sure. Here, here's some of the challenges. These are the th- going to be the things that take everybody off. I'm sorry. You made a choice by having sex. Mm-hmm. There was your pro choice. If you're old enough to have sex at that point, you're old enough to live with the consequences of that. Yeah. You've made a choice. That's a black and white statement. Now let's talk the grays. Mm-hmm. What if it wasn't your choice? What if it wasn't? What if it's a, what if it's because of rape or incest? What if it wasn't? What if that choice was forced upon you? What if someone sinned against you? And now you have to bear literally the weight and the child of that sin. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What if you don't have an option? That's a gray area. Now, I'm not saying like I'm not saying that God can't use a child that's the product of rape or incest, but I'm saying, are we going to force a a girl to live the rest of her life with the 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 sin that was placed upon her? Is is that something that we want? I'm not. I don't have an answer. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a question that we should ask. Mm -hmm. What if um, what if someone gets pregnant? And, but it's an ectopic pregnancy and that, that child, that, that embryo has taken root in, um, in a fallopian tube. And, and if it's that's never going to be a viable, never going to be a viable pregnancy. And if it does grow really past a couple of weeks, then we're starting to see major life threatening issues to, a, to the mother. Mm-hmm. So does the mom now have to just say, I guess I die. Yeah. Like where, Where's the rules? Where's the line? Where Where is it? 
That is a gray area. Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Another gray area that I would I would bring up and um <laughs> it's really touchy. And especially because I am not currently a mother. Yeah. Um, I have nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and um I have adopted nieces and nephews, my friends' kids that I love dearly. And so I was thinking about this today. And the truth is I, I don't I wish I had more statistics and I, you know, could have looked it up, could have Googled it, but I wish I knew the number of um types of abortions, if I can say it that way. Sure. You know, is it teen pregnancies? Is it uh pregnancy uh that's a product of rape or incest? Yeah. Is it um a life threatening pregnancy? What we don't is know. Is it just a means of birth control? Is it just a, uh yeah. you know an inconvenience so yeah. I'm gonna get rid of it? Um and by the way People want that to be what all abortions are. Right. That's what they want. That's it to what be. they want to assume that that's they are. Not the, that's not the case. That's, that isn't. And you can't you can't make that assumption yeah. because you don't have all the facts. Now, I don't believe that abortion should be used as a means of birth control right. um, or uh, means of convenience. Now, I will say this. Here's here's the part for me that I um, I think could possibly bring up some discussion from people and I'm trying to figure out the best way to say it. There needs to be more sex education. Yes. And listen, abstinence has worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's just be honest. Hooked on abstinence worked for me. (laughs) Worked for me. But abstinence is not the only can, cannot be the only thing that's taught. Correct. It I it just can't, and I I know teenagers, and I know, uh, and I've told you this before, especially when I worked uh, for a youth group and worked for a youth pastor. I wanted to believe that all of the kids in that youth group were pure and innocent and never did anything wrong. I was being naive. I was being willfully naive. Correct. All right. Yeah. I know that, and guess what? I still want to believe that, and sometimes I just let myself believe it. But the truth is, teenagers are, they're going to. And and we can get into the discussion about raising them in church and what is a parent's role, where does a, all we can get it. Sure. That's not, that's all, not what I'm talking about today. All of that stuff is, all of that stuff is important. It's important, but there has to be better sex education and we if we're we should teach that abstinence is a is a great way. It is the it, best way. It is the only surefire way. The only surefire way. However, I'm just saying condoms work. Condoms let let's just talk about work. It. Let's I mean, talk they, about they what do. pregnancy is for a teenager. Yes. For a teenage girl and a teenage boy. Let's talk about it. Yes. And not just sweep it under the rug and yeah. pretend that it's not happening because it is. And you know what? It's happening in churches. Yes. It is. And I hate it. And I don't, I, I hate it with a passion. It makes me, it makes me want to ball my eyes out because there are kids out there who don't know better. Yeah. And we have to teach them better. Someone has to teach them. Yeah. And if it's not their parents, and it's got to be somebody else who loves them and cares for them and cares about their future. Well, and here's the problem. The kids the kids that are teenagers right now, especially the parents that grew up in the church, mm-hmm. okay? Um, they, they're about my age. 
I know because my kid's in youth group, okay? Um, And the way that I learned about uh, sex education was sex is dirty, nasty, gross, and wrong, so save it for the one you love. Um, I learned about sex and AIDS in the same breath. So for us, it was total fear of uh, because AIDS was coming to the forefront mm-hmm. in, in, in the nineties. And so, um, so we thought that if you have sex, I was literally told that I could get AIDS from open mouth kissing a girl. <laughs> like you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And by the way, who told me that some youth group volunteer mm-hmm. that didn't even graduate high school, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, it's, these are the things that are problems. So we never really had a, a good thing. We were taught, in a way that was weird and closed off and, and, and based in fear. And so because of that, we we're trying to not pass on fear to our kids. And so we're just not doing a good job at all. Yeah, It's just, it, it is what it is as a, as a society. Yeah. And so you have people who don't know, or people who have way more access to the internet now than they ever have. Um, pornography is such a problem. And so people think that that's what sex is. And so they want that in their life. And then they have a whole messed up view of everything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, this girl who didn't know what she was doing is did had no education about it, had no spiritual guidance on it. Now she ends up pregnant and goes, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I will say this because we've talked about purity culture on here. I yeah. had a, I had a different experience. I did not have the same purity culture that apparently the majority of yeah. the United States had. Um, and it, it was not treated as a shameful thing. My, you know, I had this talk with my mom. I'm I, like there. I had youth leaders that were, you know, I remember I had a, a youth pastor that when she got married, it was, she got married a little later uh, than the norm. She was younger than I am now, but she still got married a little later. And, you know, when she got married, it was a big deal. And we, I mean, we talked about, we talked about the joy of that relationship and that all of that. So I did not have that same shame tied to it. Oh man. (laughs) Which I'm so thankful for because I had no idea. I really didn't because it was so different for me. My youth pastor pulled out a a sausage and a samurai sword and said, if you touch a girl in the youth group, this is what I'm going to do to your pecker and chop the, the, the nice. sausage in half with a samurai sword. If you think I'm joking, I'm not. Uh, no, I believe you. A girl in our youth group still ended up getting pregnant. Actually, mm-hmm. a couple of the girls in our youth group still ended up getting pregnant. That Those fear tactics just don't work. They don't. But let me say this yes. to any parents that are listening. Yes. Um, If you're not talking to your kids about it, somebody else is. Yeah. Whether you are or not, somebody else is. So you better be a good voice in your life. Yeah. And somebody is telling them either the exact opposite of what you're saying or the exact opposite of what you should be saying to them. And they're, they, the access to social media to, I mean, listen, I just got on the TikToks a few months ago. Yeah. It is shocking, shocking. And when I think about my 17 year old and my 13 year old nephew, nephews being on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all of these and just the internet in general. I just want to burn all of their phones. I want to throw them in the fire, take away their TVs, all of that. I don't want them to have access to that, but guess what they do. And so, so do your kids. Yeah. And they have access to as much as you give them. And if you're not talking to them about it, yeah, Someone else definitely yeah, is. You like we please wake up. 
Like I, I know we don't like to use the word woke, you know, but can we can we just, just can we say wake just up? Wake like up. yeah. So can we talk about some of the gray areas? I just want to put it out there for you, okay? Uh, what about the woman who's been trying to have a baby for 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 a long time with a, in a loving relationship with her husband? Mm-hmm. They've been praying for this child. She finds out that she's pregnant. She goes in for her confirmation, and there's no heartbeat. Yeah. Can we go ahead and let her start the grieving process today? How how do we do that? Overturning Roe v. Wade and saying abortions are completely illegal means that no baby is allowed to be taken out of a mother, even if they're dead, even if those that baby's organs are formed on the outside of their body mm-hmm. and they have no chance of survival. At, at that point, what do we do? Yeah. Do we allow the family to begin grieving or do we have to go through the trauma of still birthing a child? Yeah. What What needs to happen here? I don't know the answer. No. I'm just saying there are gray areas. What about people who haven't been able to have kids? So they're going through IVF. And so they try to, first of all, now what do we do with embryos? Because now every embryo, if it if life begins at conception, then now we have embryos that are now being frozen that never get to see the light of day. Are we allowed to dispose of those embryos? Yeah. No, we're not because then that's abortion. Okay. How about the people who've gone through IVF, the, the action of sperm fertilizing egg has happened outside of the body. It's happened in a lab. And to try to increase the risk of, uh, of these embryos taking, they implant six embryos and four of them take. Now, do we have to have quadruplets? Because now the risk of, uh, of, of having those births or the, the health risk to the mom, now those are super high. Are we allowed to say, okay, what's the most viable embryo and go from there? Are we allowed to, if we do this? See, that's what I'm saying. I'm just asking questions because I don't know. That's why it's a gray area and why I think that we need to have grace in the conversation. It is a nuanced conversation that I think we need to have grace in. And I think that we need to be able to make space for moms to ask questions mm-hmm. because people who stand up and they wave the flag and they stand firm and they say, I am pro-life abortion is, is completely wrong. When they're met with these situations, they have a real crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to make space for crises of faith when these things happen, because this is not a black and white issue. No. It's mostly black and white, but mm-hmm. we got to look on the fringe for the green. You got to look at it all. And I, I read something this, this week on Twitter and I can't remember who it was from, but it said, uh, it was addressing pastors, and it said, pastors, I promise you that there, there are women, or at least a woman in your congregation who has had an abortion. Yes. So whatever you say, say it with grace. Yes. In the coming days and weeks. And I thought that was such an eye-opener for me, because we go to a rather large church. It's on. Yes. It's not a mega church, but it is a large congregation. And just statistically speaking. A large number of women. A large number of women. Yeah. And um, so whatever you do, what whatever side of the fence you land on, or if you're like us and you're walking right down. Right down the middle. Right down the know, middle on the fence happening. line. Um, whatever you do, say <laughs> whatever you say, say it with grace Yeah, because you don't know who you're talking to and leave room for questions. Yeah. We don't know all the answers. We just don't. Just don't. And listen, if watching the chosen has taught us anything, <laughs> it's that when people are certain about something, Jesus comes in and says, that's ah, not really that way. Right. You so, might be wrong. So let's, let's maybe 
back off of some certainty. Also, I just want to say this, um, overturning Roe also puts some threats into some of the other decisions that have been made in the Supreme courts where they've pointed back to Roe and namely, I mean, Roe was not a really an abortion bill. It was a privacy bill when it comes to healthcare. Mm. Okay. So if you are someone who says you're not allowed to ask me my vaccination status, Mm -hmm. you have Roe v. Wade to thank for that. So understand Mm -hmm. that even though that's real challenging to hear, if you're going to wave that you can't ask me about my vaccine status, this is my health information and it's private. All of that points back to about 49 years ago with Roe v. Wade. So I'm just saying like, be careful that when we overturn this, that we're not causing a domino effect where now HIPAA information is out there. PHI is out there. Now there's other laws that have been established since then. And I think that that kind of gets to the point of it. Should the courts make this decision? No, it's a, it's a legal thing and we should make it laws. States should be able to make their own laws. I don't know that there's many things that should have national laws, mm-hmm. I, but that's my libertarianness that's coming out, uh, <laughs> that, that little wing of libertarian that's in there. Uh, I think that states should really, if, like you, you get to choose where you live and you get to choose kind of what what culture you want to be in. You cannot legislate morality, but if you have a lot of people that think the same and they vote the same type of people into office, you're probably going to have legislation that looks like the morality of your culture. Unfortunately, we have legislation that looks like the morality of our culture right now. And you know, for, for me, what it really comes down to is um, this is less of a political issue Mm. Because the laws are going to be what they are, yeah. and 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 the Supreme Court and um, the legislative branch, the executive branch, all of those things, they're going to make the laws. They're going to put into place the bills and all of those things that they want and that they think their constituents want. Here's what it comes down to: mm-hmm. the church needs to be outside of all of that. Yeah, it, it, you have to be. If the church is all up in the middle of it, then guess what? You look like you're all up in the middle of it. Yeah. But if you're on the outside and you're saying okay, abortion may be legal, but let me show you another way. Let me show you that you have another option. You have another choice. And it's okay to try to influence those laws and those types of things. But we did not, we are not called to be part of a democracy. We are called to be part of a kingdom who, where Jesus sits on the throne. Yes. And if we are not doing everything to submit to his lordship, we have made an idol of the country that we live in. We've made an idol of the laws. We've made an idol of everything else because we are not called to be part of this society. Mm-hmm. We are called to be not of this world. Yeah. We are called to be strangers. We are called to be aliens. That is who we are called to be, be to be a part of a kingdom where Jesus sits on the throne. And that's where our heart should be. Our heart shouldn't be what's right and what's wrong. It's who is Jesus. Yeah. That 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 should be it's not and honestly there are there black and white areas absolutely. Can we make space for grace in the gray? Absolutely. You know how you do that? You get close to Jesus and you let him figure it out. Mm-hmm. You bring everybody that you can to the feet of Jesus and you love them with the love of Jesus and you let Jesus figure it out. It also means that if we're going to stay, take a stand for righteousness and we're going to say murder is wrong, the murder of the unborn is wrong, which it is, 
then we also have to stand up and say, we are going to be responsible for the consequences mm-hmm. of other people's actions yeah. and, and take those on ourselves and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, Andrea, where, where do we go with this conversation from here? So let's, let's talk about pro-life. It's like yeah. pro-life from the womb to the grave is a conversation that can never end on this side of heaven. Because we're never going to have a right or wrong answer this side of heaven. Okay, say more words. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, because it, there there are always going to be things that, that come up. There are always going to be gray areas. There are going to be questions. There are going to be exceptions. Yeah. There are going to be things that come up that you and I as Christians may not have an answer to that someone's going to ask us and we're going to say, you know what? We don't know. We're going to have to pray about it. We're going to have to study. We're going to have to... Um, lean on our understanding of the Bible and yeah. of what God has told us in his word, what Jesus did, how he handled things. And, you know, I mean, it's just a conversation that is going to continue because there's always going to be something that comes up. There's going to be somebody new who faces something yeah. that they're going to have a question and we're going to have to talk. And about I think it. that we should, I think that we really need to, as a society, reclaim the phrase pro-life to include more things than just unborn children. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the death penalty, Mm. the death penalty is pro-choice. I am choosing to murder someone Mm -hmm. because what they did is beyond redemption. And it doesn't matter the fact that Jesus was on the cross and looked at another person who had the death penalty and said, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. No, 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 no. In that moment, Jesus was pro-eternal life. Right. He was, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like we need to think of pro-life as an eternal conversation and pro-eternal life. Yeah. And, And what does that look like? How do we get more people to heaven? How do we get, how do we make that happen? Is do we get more people to heaven by shaming them for the choices that they've committed? Mm. Probably not. <laughs> no. Um, but does that mean that we we still need to take a stand for righteousness? We absolutely do. So it's like, it is a gray area. How yeah. do I show grace and sanctification in the same conversation? Yeah. And the way you do it is with humility and love. Speak the truth. Don't not speak the truth. Yeah. But what the Bible says is when you're having that candor, do it with compassion. Speak the truth in love. Compassionate candor. Here's the thing. I don't think that we, with our human earthly brains and understanding, can fully grasp um, the duality of God, of God, of his characteristics. We, We want to... Here's the thing. When we're talking about abortion and pro-life, we want to believe God is a just, holy God who demands justice and demands holiness and demands all of these things. When it's us that's messed up, we want to believe that God is gracious and compassionate. Guess what, guys? He's both. He's both. He's both and at the same time. It's funny. Like the, the picture that we see in Revelation is Jesus comes back on a white horse, right? Mm. And, um, and he has a sword in his hand. He comes back as a mighty warrior. What's written on his leg? Prince of Peace. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like it, he is both, He's both the and. Prince of Peace 
and the righteous judge. Yes. He does both he is both a mighty warrior and a prince of peace. He is both of those things. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, if you take any oh my gosh. <laughs> hey guys, on May 18th I'm preaching at my church. If you want to come in, it's a Wednesday <laughs> night. You can come come and you can hear me preach. Um this is true. I'm going to I'm well, doing awesome. a, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to do a sermon on the five lessons that I learned uh while running a marathon. And, uh, it's going to be, it's going to awesome. be, it's going to be really good. Actually. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, so that's May 18th, mark your calendars. Um, but here, here's, here's the deal. If you take one character of God and make that God, mm-hmm. you have made that character of God an idol. Let me explain. God is love. Is that a true or false statement? That is true. Yeah. The Bible says God is love. It says, beloved, let us love one another. <clears throat> beloved, let us love one another. One another. Shut Sorry. up. Sorry. <laughs> See, I get to take that part out. Thanks. <laughs> beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who loves not knows not God, for God is love. Right? We know that God is love. Now, here's the question. Is love God? Mm, no. No, love is not God. And if we only worship love, we're not worshiping God. We're mm-hmm. taking an, a characteristic of God and making it an idol. God is just, but justice is not God. No. God is peace, but peace isn't God. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Anytime that you take one aspect of God and you focus just on that, you are making that one aspect an idol. So please back away from your worship of his justice. Mm-hmm. Back away from your from your worship of his righteousness and worship him in his justice, mm-hmm. in his righteousness, but also in his compassion and also in his peace and also in his love. These are things that are important. Yeah. And I, as a younger man, focused so much on the justice. Mm-hmm. And as I've become a father, I'm starting to kind of like, yeah, that justice is is important, but I'm focusing more on the father's heart for his mm-hmm. kids. And it's something that I understand now that there's a love that I just didn't understand before. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Are we done? I think so. It's been heavy, but it's, it's been, been, it's been good. Should we lighten it up with the Babylon B? I think that's the only, only thing we can do. Great. Oh, no, not the beast. Not the beast. Ah! Okay, instead of playing atheist board games, let's try these go- exciting godly alternatives, all right? Oh, no. So instead of playing Risk, try playing the Christian alternative of sovereignty. It's just like Risk, except the whole time you acknowledge the sovereignty of God in every decision, roll the dice. I love it. Okay. Uh, instead of... <laughs> I used to love Risk in high school, by the way. Uh, Played it all the time. Oh, my gosh. We played Risk hardcore um, when I was a youth pastor. My kids mm-hmm. loved playing Risk. We we, we played it in our uh, our history class. Oh, nice. <laughs> World history. Nice. Well, rightfully so. My we, dad one time rolled in with uh, Risk Middle Earth Edition. It was like from, right? And so it was like you get to do the whole thing. And so my dad and I, we just kind of had this understanding that like, my brother Nathan was pretty overextended mm-hmm. and I was like, why don't we both go after Nate? We'll just get him knocked out. Yeah. And my dad said, great. And he started first and he wiped out everything, but like one or two, but he completely like, I mean, he left the board anemic. So I was just <laughs> like, sorry, old man. And just wiped it out because <laughs> you're ruthless. And like, oh. Well, you know, 
instead of uh, instead of Clue, try Clue New Testament Edition. You try to solve who killed Jesus, and the answer is always you with your sin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Okay. Instead of Operation, try Essential Oil. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Okay. Instead of Twister. Try saving room for Jesus. <laughs> Actually, I agree with that one. Yeah. yeah, I'm not very flexible, so I'll save room for Jesus. Um, okay, instead of life, try John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life, the board game. Uh, come uh, Compete with your friends to spend every moment glorifying God and enjoying him forever. Done. Instead of Uno attack, try Uno turn the other cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun slapping involved and sanctifying. Instead of Scrabble, play Scrabble using only the letters J-E-S-U-S and no sus isn't a word. Sus absolutely is a word. It absolutely is. Uh, like I think this article is sus. And instead of playing cards on Sunday, try repenting, you sinner. Wow. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! All right, what's your not for me? Okay. My not for me uh, are people who tell me how many calories are in the food that I'm currently eating when I didn't ask. Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, so are, <clears throat> are you saying that it's not for you that restaurants now post the calories on the board? No, that's fine. Okay, because then you're making decisions as you're, yeah. as you're ordering. You're... Your issue is when someone walks up to you and goes, oh, that's got like 400 calories. Yes. I want to punch them in the throat. Who does this? Oh, oh, there are people who do that. Screw those people. Absolutely. <laughs> I cannot stand those people. No, those guys can screw all the way off. <laughs> I was like, I overheard a conversation today. I was actually not involved in the conversation, but I heard it. Yeah. And they're like, you know how many calories that has in there? I'm like, I don't think they asked. St- just stop. Listen, when I was growing up, my mom always taught me that it is rude to comment on other people's food. Yeah. You don't look at someone's plate and say, that looks gross, or look at someone's plate and say, why are you eating that? Or why didn't you get, th-? like, you just don't do that. Right. Like, it's just rude. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't yuck someone's yum. No. Yeah. If Just, just no. So those people are not for me. What's yours? Uh, my not for me actually kind of goes with the Babylon Bee. Um, there is a Kickstarter for a board game called The Flood. It is, uh, it's called The Flood Board Game. Uh, I don't know what it's about. Um, I just don't, I don't know. And I'll be honest with you, I don't care. Uh, it says, embark on the journey of what took place thousands of years ago. Assume the role of Noah. Collect, mine, and trade, uh, and trade resources. Build your huts, camps, and build the ark, but beware, the flood is coming. I don't know what this game is. I don't want to know what this game is. I don't is. want to play that. I do not want to play that. I, um, have you uh, have you played Yahtzee? I'm just saying anything is better. <laughs> Yahtzee's great, actually. I like, I like Yahtzee. There's this like game. Uh, this is for the listeners. This is not news to you, Andrea. Uh, there's this game that uh, we enjoy. It's called Bang. With an exclamation point. It is a... Uh, it's more of a bang. Bang. Um, <laughs> bang. Um, it is... Bang. It is... Uh, what it is, it's You're a role-playing card game. Yes. Set in the Wild West. Wild, Wild West. Wild, Wild... A court. There might be three wilds. There might but be. But we'll just stay with Some, two. Sometimes. Um, 
and it's all in Italian. I don't know why, but it is. The Italian is odd to me. It is odd. It doesn't. I'm not mad about it. No, it's just, no, it's just odd. Yeah, I, spaghetti western or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but it is. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. uh, that's a game that we like to play. That game is for, for me. Uh, the flood board game, not it's for not, me. Not so much, Andrea. That's a show. We made it. Hey, can I tell you something? Yeah. I think that you did a great job. Thanks. I think you did too. I, I was really nervous. <laughs> for both of us. I was more nervous for me than I was for you. I was nervous for both of us too. I was nervous that uh, we were going to get into a very heated discussion, even though I was pretty sure we had a lot of the same opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought I was going to come in with like hot takes just for the sake of hot just, takes. Just for the sake of Here's it. the thing. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> that music can go away for a second. Um, behind the curtain of the show, okay, uh-huh. I do play devil's advocate a lot. Because I do think that it is important that we as believers are do open ourselves up for other points of view. I have a lot of really good, strong believers that are on one side of the fence, a lot of good, strong believers that are friends on the other side of the fence. And and there's just a, there's possibilities mm-hmm. for everything. And so a lot of times I'll straddle the middle and tick off both sides just so that they see that there's another side. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do it on purpose. A lot of times I say things even on this show, especially on the show that I don't necessarily believe mm-hmm. or agree with this situation. This conversation was so sensitive that I, it, yeah. we really couldn't, I couldn't do, couldn't that. do that. So, um, if I've ticked you off, I'm, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> You have not, so we're good. Okay. Oh well, you haven't ticked me off. Maybe you ticked off the listeners. If you listen, tell us, tell us your we thoughts and know. opinions on this. You've told everyone else on Facebook. You might as well tell us. <laughs> How would someone do that? Yes, you can let us know. We are at Dropping Sunday on some of the things, uh, mostly Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Th- just those things. Just those two <laughs> I still don't know the Twitter password. I need to just reset it. Listen, but when man, you leave, it's so much work. When, I know. When you leave comments, um, hey, do us a favor. Uh, no, I was going to say grow the show. Not this week. Um, that can happen another week. But um, we, we do give money to charities and, yeah. and those types of things. So uh, we're going to do that. We'll be back next week, right? Yeah, we'll be back with another topic. We've got a fun We've got a fun documentary to talk about. Fun because you cried all the way through. I it. loved it. Oh my gosh, it's so fantastic! So I cannot wait to tell you. We've guys got about we've it. got the Jesus music movie coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, and listen, we'll be back. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea, and this is Dropping Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. Love you, Mom. Love you, Mom. My mom does not listen to the show. <laughs> Neither does mine. Yours does because she calls me out for stuff sometimes. She'll come up and like rub my back. She's like, you said this. I'm like, sorry. <laughs>